Hello, and welcome to Wisdom in the Wounds. My name is Beth, and I am your host. Looking forward to talking to you about life experiences and the wisdom that God brings from it and the healing that can come from it through talking. Hello, everyone. Uh, Thank you for listening and coming on today. Uh, Today, I want to talk about the layers of grief. Um, I'm sure on some forum, everyone has a connection to that word, Um, be it losing someone personally who's close to your heart or knowing someone who's walked through the stages of grief. Um, Also, the... Layers of grief, if you haven't lost someone personally, it could be carried in other forms. Sometimes it's the literal sense of losing someone that you love, but I think also there can be uh, different layers of grief, grieving an ability maybe that you once had that's now shifted and changed and pioneering your way through that. And then maybe for others, it's grieving someone who is living, but there's there's an absence that feels like a loss and finding a way to um, come to a place of surrender with that. And then I think there's also grief, maybe a success, you know, maybe it's clawing for something so hard and it not quite working out the way that you wanted it to. And figuring out how to pivot in that and figuring out what the next steps are. Um, Maybe it's grieving a simpler time and looking in the past a little bit and um, figuring out how to move ahead and know that you still have a future. Um, For me, it's my, my, my strongest experience with grief has definitely been um, through the loss of loved ones. Um, the first person who was closest to my heart, who I who I lost among with others who loved him dearly, was my twin brother. And um, I would say that when you lose someone surprisingly, because it was an accidental death that that is a very um i don't even know how to put it into words but it, it's just it's it leaves you in shock for a while when you do not expect to lose someone um there's a lot of processing that takes time to filtrate through um when you do do not receive the opportunity to really say goodbye. Um, I remember after that because family was trying to contact me in the middle of the night and I missed that phone call. And I remember for the longest time um, keeping being obsessive about my phone and keeping my phone by my nightstand, making sure it's on full volume. My phone could never be turned off. My phone could never be silenced. Um, you know, kind of carrying on some somewhat nervous habits in response to 
what I had experienced. It took probably about two years before I let go of that habit and decided to trust God with the people that I loved and um, allowing myself peaceful sleep. Um, I also learned that grief is, to me, an extension of love. I don't believe it goes anywhere. I believe that we can experience it um, throughout the course of our life. And I used to wonder if it was something that I should pull away from when it would wash over me. And I I just kind of came to a place if I if I felt the the feeling of missing my brother, I just permitted it. I just permitted that visit. I permitted that that opportunity to to miss him because it it simply means that I loved him and that he loved me. And so I would let it wash over me understanding that that is just a part of loving someone who has passed away and um appreciating who they who they are and who they were um and so several let's see it's probably now been i think 9 years i'm not positive it's been quite a while but um the frequency of feeling that deep grief isn't as it was in the beginning, which was crying until you feel like you can't breathe. But um, when it does come, I'm not afraid of it. Um, I just choose to allow myself to to miss him and sometimes even talk about him um, with someone else who, who knew him or with a friend, if there's a song that reminds me of him. And so I've just kind of learned that as we continue, even though it was experienced at a younger age, um, losing someone young, experiencing just the deep knowledge of the brevity of life, at some point, this is something that we'll we'll all experience, um, that it is a part of living on this earth. And so I think that we can we can allow space for it um, because it's an extension of of loving them. The other person um, who I lost, who was close to my heart, was my mom. Um, before moving back to Virginia, our family lived in Rhode Island for about three years. Wonderful, beautiful experience. I'm so glad that we have that chapter in our life. And, um, I think it was close to two and a half years and we started discussing moving back to Virginia and we just felt this pull. And honestly, I'm not really sure. I look back now and I am surprised at how decisive we were about that because I mean, we were happy in Rhode Island. We have, we had you know, and we're happy here too, but truly there wasn't any, there was not a pressing reason for us to leave Rhode Island. We had dear friends who we, we love to this day, you know, our kiddos had, you know, friends in the neighborhood and things were, were great, but there was this pull and I felt 
one day driving in the car specific a specific pull to I think I need to be with my mom. Um little did I know when we moved back to Virginia that she would pass away 3 months later. Um during that time she every now and then she would come and stay at our home on the weekends and um she would spend time with my children and with me and there were some really precious memories and moments that I have with her that I will forever hold. Um, and I'm so grateful. I'm, I will always be grateful that we were given the opportunity to receive that. And so when again, her, her passing was shocking and sudden, um, we did not see it coming. She sadly, um, passed away without us knowing it was because of someone coming to her house and knocking on the door. I had just dropped her off, I think maybe the weekend before. And then someone who knew her reached out to me and said, you know, she normally answers the door and she didn't. And so we probed further to find out she was um, at the threshold of her door and she probably had passed away three days prior. Um it all was a whirlwind and it was another one of those moments of someone suddenly, you know, dying and passing away and not getting that opportunity to say goodbye. Um, I drove over there that evening. The, there were two police officers there. They were waiting for someone to come and carry uh, her body out on a stretcher to the funeral home. And, I wanted to, I decided to be there to um, see her, not see her, because I was advised, I was advised strongly not to look at her, and I took their advisement. Um, But I am thankful when they rolled her out that I closed my eyes and I was able to whisper in her ear, you did good. Because she did. It was a hard road. There was there was definitely a lot of battles um, for my mom throughout her life. And I feel like she finally had freedom towards the end of her life. And I'm so grateful for that. And I'm grateful that I was able to get a little peek in the window of that freedom. And um, she left, I'll, I will say, my mom was a phenomenal writer. She had poems published and um, was kind of a deep thinker and uh, just very soulful and sensitive and sentimental, you know, would save everything that you give her, that kind of person. And um, when she passed away, she had these journals. And, you know, if I could encourage something, I don't know, the lesson, the takeaway that my mom, one of the things that she has passed on to me to encourage me to do with my children is to write about them. Um, and I'll tell you why. In her journal, because she didn't always, she's definitely an encourager, but there was something about the way that she wrote this that helped me see how she saw me. Truly. And so I, I opened her journal and 
she's talking about, I remember when. So she's reminiscing about when I'm a child, when my brother's a child, talking about birthday parties and the skating ring. And then she says, I remember when Jewel, which was my best friend at the time, she said, I remember Jewel and Beth skating on the porch, fighting over which skating skating skirt that they were going to wear. And she said, Beth would always let Jewel win. And I hated that. She said, but Beth had a happiness and a joy and a stillness in her heart that would not take away her peace. And, And so in the end, this always gets me. She said, so in the end, Beth won and Jewel didn't know it. And it was just so insightful of her to see me in that way because she she fed something and sowed something into me that really has been the course of my life. I, I tend to, and I'm grateful for this, but in general, be pretty content. But I've also sometimes wondered, is that a weakness? Is it a weakness to let others win? And the answer is no. Not if you have peace. It's not. And so she saw something in me that I didn't see yet. And she sewed that. She spoke that and she wrote that out. And so I'll I'll always be grateful for those words. Um, and while grief is, um, and it's the same with my mom, I'll just say, Sometimes I'll say out loud, I, I will say it was a different kind of feeling because she's, she's my mom. And so there, sometimes there are moments where I'll just say, I miss my mom, you know, or moments that I wish I could share something that I, that I can't, but the, I guess the stages of grief remain the same, which is they wash over. Sometimes they wash over me and I permit it. I permit space to maybe look at some pictures and you know, look back and appreciate that time. But I I also have realized it's okay to let go of some things as well. Um, For the longest time, I would hold on to certain possessions that I realized I didn't need anymore, you know, that I didn't need to hold on to, let's say, a busted train um, that maybe would give my son, you know, what is it when uh, like that would prompt him to need a tetanus shot? <laughs> I used to have it out and really he shouldn't be playing with it. So I, I put it away. Um, it's in safekeeping, but I don't, you know, I, I probably will just give that to someone else in the family if they would like it because it's, um, I, it's not necessary, I guess, to say not all of it has to be held on to or not even the train. I think, I think some of it, for example, a receipt, you know, I mean, because my mom held on to everything, sentimental, newspaper clips, all kinds of stuff. I personally, whoever, you know, wishes to have the newspaper clippings are welcome to them. I don't need them. I've realized, you know, the essence of what is living from her is inside of me. You know, it lives within my heart and it's not going anywhere. Um, I do have a special possession that's in my bedroom that I'm I'm tenderhearted towards, and that's the story that she would tell me about our great, I think it's great-grandmother great Amelia, and she was just this strong, 
woman who honestly during her day and time, I would say was somewhat of a mover and a shaker, you know, like an independent woman who she would clean her mattresses every spring, like strong. Most of the women on my side of the family have these like big shoulders. My mom was the same, super strong, could lift heavy boxes. My sister is the same. So our grandmother, Amelia, every spring, she, or great, great grandmother, every spring, she would pick up these mattresses and she would take them outside to beat them and clean them. And her husband, Joe, she was just known for saying this to him, but he would be in front of her and she would just kind of say, as she's busy with her work, she would say, Joe, get out the way. <laughs> and he would. I, I guess he was, you know, maybe he was just a a relaxed kind of guy and he just got out of Amelia's way and let her do what she needed to do and um, supported her in that. But there was just something about, I think her strength that inspires me um, and choosing to, uh, you know, carry in what her strengths were naturally, even if that maybe looks different to the person next to you. So I have a little trinket where I put my, um, you know, my rings and things like that inside of it. It's a small little uh, glass I don't know how to describe it. It looks like a little glass vase, but it's only as big as probably my index finger. So um, I think that grief, one of the takeaways that I've received out of it um, has been appreciating those who are around me, having a respect for the brevity of life, having um, a tenderness you know, always saying, I love you. I, I, I always say, I love you to my family members before saying goodbye. And, um, and just that, that, yeah, an appreciation for life, appreciating life and understanding that grief in short is an extension of love and it's missing, it's missing someone. And sometimes we need to talk about that. And then other times we have to figure out what, what do we need to let go of? What are we holding on to? That's, that they wouldn't be happy about, that they would, wouldn't want us to be captivate, captivated by. You know, I'm pretty sure my mom and my brother would say, Beth, it's okay to turn your phone off so that, you know, you can go to sleep. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's what I have today, friends. And um, I, I hope that you enjoyed listening. And for those who have a story, and maybe you're feeling prompted to share a story that has brought you some lessons in life that can give some hope, some encouragement to someone today. Feel free to message me on Instagram. Uh, we do have a podcast page. It's called Wisdom in the Wounds, and it's on Instagram. And you can message me and let me know your story, and perhaps we can um, talk further about it. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you can tune in next week to hear more stories of wisdom in the wounds.